Being Black in America comes with its challenges. However, we understand that enlightenment through education is the oppressor's worst fear. By bridging the gap between academia and the people, our purpose is to equip you with knowledge that breaks down barriers during your journey towards truth and freedom. Welcome to the Black and Highly Dangerous Podcast. Yo, yo, Dev, what's going on? What's going on? Nothing much. Uh, recovering from a alumni weekend for my high school. Um, it's mm. been 14 years since I graduated from high school. Yeah, mm. you know. Um, <laughs> and every year we have like this this big thing where classes from every single year, like going back to like the 50s and the 60s, like every class and then we just like we're kind of like surrounded on a, or all of our tents and stuff are on a, the football field and we cook out and we have fun and it's just a full day event but it's hot outside um and so i was yeah dying out there <laughs> good old high school years it was always fun i went to mine a few years back um mm-hmm. it was it was cool um i probably won't go to another one i don't know <laughs> why not I mean, it was cool, but it wasn't, it was weird. It just weird vibes. You know, I mean, it was like everybody different. You know, you see some old old homies. It was cool catching up a little bit, but it was just like, most of those people you don't even talk to no more. So just like you catch up and it's like kind of awkward, but you know, it is. That's true. I can definitely (laughs) see that. Like I keep keep up with people on Facebook, but uh, most people I don't talk to on a regular basis. Yeah. Yeah. So it was, it was cool. I mean, it wasn't terrible. It wasn't like, ah, but it was just like. You know, whatever. And I think yeah. I went to this one because I was in Jersey. It was in Jersey. But if I went like away, I don't know if I would travel to come, come back. Yeah. Yeah. I feel you. What yeah. you been up to? That much. Um, finally handed in that paper I said I've been working on. So. Oh, congratulations. Thanks. Yes. Fingers crossed that, you know, they'll get the final approval hopefully for the next few weeks and have that publication Fingers crossed done. for publications, man. <laughs> And it takes a long time. It takes a long time. And then I'll start working on the other ones I have drafted up. The I don't know. Maybe we can do a BHD talk with Dr. Connor and I, I just interview <laughs> Oh, my God. About your research. Know, like we right. do other people. I know, right? Talk about our, talk about our own stuff. So it's, it's mm-hmm. always fun, fun to do that. But yeah. yeah. So that feels like a big, that was like my major, one of my major goals of the summer. So I'm glad I got it done early in the summer. And now I can like work on some other things and some other things podcast related too. So be on the lookout y'all. Yes. Yes. Well, they need to be on the lookout for this. Oh Lord news. Oh goodness. All right. Let's, let's, let's get into that. (laughs) (laughs) Hello and welcome to BHD news, where we give you the most current and eye opening. Oh Lord news of the week. Join us as we present news that'll make you want to say, Okay, so Ty, did you hear about the Supreme Court case uh, that was decided earlier in the week about the Colorado baker who refused to make a wedding cake for a same-sex couple? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I did hear about that, actually. Yep. 
Okay, well, so it sparked a lot of debate because people were like, some people were like, oh, it's a narrow decision. It, you know, it won't really affect like anti-discrimination laws in other cases. And other people were fearful and it's like, like mm, this is just the first step of, you know, uh, trying to re- rewind things. And what's crazy is that a South Dakota, a South Dakota lawmaker on Monday in in victory or in celebration of that decision said that business should be able to turn away people not just based on you know their deeply held religious beliefs related to same-sex couples but they should also be able to turn away customers based on their race Mm -mm -mm. oh man not even a week before that starts to come up and that that was the scary thing about the whole situation man Mm-hmm. That it won't mm-hmm. just stay contained to to sexuality and religious beliefs, you know. People might use it mm-hmm. for other things too. Mm-hmm. This is a lawmaker, y'all. He said um, businesses should have the opportunity, or the guy should have the opportunity to run his business the way he wants. If he wants to turn away people of color, that's his choice, um, and that minorities shouldn't be able to bully business owners into servicing them i mean of course he tried to backtrack and apologize but you know he he it was like a halfway apology because he was still like if somebody has deeply held beliefs they should be able to run their business the way they want Uh, racism we're gonna allow businesses to be racist again like why are they trying to go back in time so bad you know just like my goodness. I, I mean, they just mad. They just want to be in control. And one thing that a friend of mine pointed out, and I was just so happy he did it, that he's like, you know, sometimes, sometimes my people can have mindsets and beliefs that aren't, that are discriminatory in terms of like uh, same sex couples and, and gay people, like homophobic mm-hmm. beliefs. And so, you know, there are some people who might celebrate this type of thing, but like, dude, you do not want to be on the same side as your oppressor. Don't do it. I just don't understand. It's just like, it's just money, right? It's just like somebody who comes in and you want, they want a cake built for their wedding, just make them a cake for their wedding. You know, it's, yes. it's business. I don't know. It's, it's, it's crazy. And then, um, yeah, it's just, a, it's just, it's a slippery slope, definitely a slippery slope to fall. Now they're trying to bring race into it as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you know they'll try. Yeah, we have those 1965 laws, but they trying to set all types yeah, of precedents. So you know, scary. so yeah. Um. So for our second story, this is a wild one. So a Washington man kidnapped three Latino children and forced them to work in his yard so they could know what it feels like to be a slave. <laughs> Oh my goodness. Why would he do that? What is going on? I don't know. So it started by like, he told the little boy to come here. The little boy didn't come. So he like grabbed him by his, you know, grabbed him by his arm or something and took him into the yard and was like, you know, do all this yard work. And then when his older siblings came to look for the little boy, uh, you know, he snatched them up in the yard. He had them like piling up wood. And you know what? I'm... (laughs) This is so sad. And I think he also had them like citing a pledge of allegiance. Oh my goodness. And you know what? We're going to have to do the old Lord again because he was one of ours. Oh, no. 
You know what? You know, as you were saying that, I was like, oh man, this probably gonna be a black dude, man. <laughs> that one black people feel like slavery. Oh That's God. not something that a, a white person would prioritize. <laughs> Like you need to know what this feel like, you know. Oh, that's so crazy. You know, they wouldn't prioritize it, but the crazy thing is this man was just arrested because he was holding this black um man against his will for like three or four years working in his what? restaurant. And the man the man had like um uh you know, a uh, mental um disability mm-hmm. so you know that kind of played into it as well but yeah he just pled um i don't know if he pled guilty but he was definitely Man, just arrested that was one of the other stories that i was gonna tell but i was just like this this little slave yeah you story can't be kidnapping uh, people's kids man make them do yard work that's, that's <laughs> all messed up well i'm glad he got caught and he got his clothes <laughs> He was in his uh he was in a court photo uh chucking the oh deuces. Like I don't think he's oh. sorry. He ain't sorry. Oh man, it's a, a wild country we live in, man, for sure. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. Okay, so for this final story, I don't know if you saw this, but a a woman in um I think it was Minnesota, she passed away at the age of 80 last week. And I just want to read her obituary for you. So Kathleen Denlow was born on March 19th, 1938 to Joseph and Gertrude, Gertrude Schnuck. She married Dennis Denlow at St. Anne's in 1957 and had two children, Gina and Jay. In 1962, she became pregnant by her husband's what? brother, Lau Denlow, and moved okay. to California. She abandoned her children, Gina and Jay, who were raised by her parents. She passed away on May 31st in Springfield and will now face judgment. She will not be missed by Gina and Jay, and they understand that the world is a better place without her. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man, that's a wild obituary, man. They clearly were not happy. Yes, Lord, it's still some salt running in those veins. Oh my they wanted God. the world to know. <laughs> they wanted the world to they know. Are big man. Oh man. Oh. Yes. You are. know, if that also became okay. a debate online because people were like, "Okay, should you be able to publish that type of obituary about somebody?" And other people were like, "Oh, they should be able to speak their truth." I don't know. That's crazy, though. Hey, if you've been a child, you've been holding to that resentment for your whole life. It's understandable. Yeah. yeah. You know? I mean, I guess it does have to hurt when, you know, you don't have parents that are there for you that have done, you know, or tried to do their best because all parents, you know, make mistakes and stuff like that. But I guess mm-hmm. when you have a pen- parent that abandons you and, you know, you have a brother by your uncle and I, I don't know, it's just yeah. a lot. It's a lot. <laughs> It's a lot to deal with, so I I, I can understand yes, why. Yes. <laughs> they but speaking of Perfect. parenting, today we are going to have another special episode where we interview yes. our parents. But of course, it's Father's Day, so we're going to interview our fathers. Our fathers. But happy Father's Day. You know, Father's Day, special Father's Day episode like we did for the mothers. Yes. We will not be publishing, you know, salacious tales about our dads. We want to give the 
these amazing stories of how awesome they were. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so again, it's an opportunity for us to sit down with our pops and, you know, ask similar questions that we asked our mom, but some different ones as well. The responses are different, but actually, to be surprised, some were surprisingly similar as well. Yeah. Um, compared to our mothers, which is funny. Um, and you'll learn once again more about Daphne and myself uh, in this interview. A couple more stories. And you were told how amazing I was as a child. I don't, you oh gotta watch goodness. out for Ty. That's all I'm gonna say. No, just, I, I, I just chalked it up to that Daphne's parents are ride or die, right? And they ain't gonna spill the tea no. on Daphne. They running a tight <laughs> ship. <laughs> They won't crack that seal about um, their daughter. But you, we'll get to the bottom of this one day, I'm sure. Uh, so, you know what? I will admit <laughs> that I, maybe I just wasn't as blatant as you. I mean, of course, I was a teenager and I did things, but I was just, I was good at um, not doing anything too crazy so that I could stay mm-hmm. under the radar. How about that? <laughs> that's, that's, I think I could agree with that. <laughs> it's usually the ones that, that are quiet and don't get caught, the ones you got to watch the most. And I am know? a Quiet, yeah, you know, you know, I had fun in my teenage years, but maybe they just didn't know about some of that fun. So they probably, they probably just don't know about some of the stories. But I can't wait till you hear the story about title. Like seriously, <laughs> oh my god, I'm not even gonna share it. But like, you want to listen to this? I completely forgot about that one too. So. My dad definitely spilled the tea on that one. Oh, oh he man. He did. Oh, man. That joint was, and just think about it. Yeah, it was funny. It was funny. And I mean, at the time it was scary, but think about it now, it was a funny story. Yes. Um, but yeah, so yeah, we got our fathers on here and, you know, hopefully to all the fathers out there, we want to say happy Father's Day mm-hmm. to you all mm-hmm. and taking care of your babies and your children because um, it's a big, big thing and we appreciate you all for sure uh, doing what you do. You know what, before we start, I just have a random question for you about this. Mm -hmm. How do you feel about the people that wish mothers happy Father's Day? Um, I just feel like everybody has their day, you know, because mothers have Mother's Day. <laughs> like, so you still have a day. Moms, you're still moms, but you have a Mother's Day. Um, And then, you know, you can't also have two holidays. I mean, that's a little... That's a yeah. bit much. Yeah, it's funny. It's just kind of like, okay, let's let's not salt this holiday up. I, I understand yeah. if you're doing double duty, but you're a mom, and hopefully, your children and other people in your community and circle really celebrated the hard work you're doing. If you know you're you're doing double duty, so yeah, yeah, yeah. Just just keep it for the dads, because you know one day I'm gonna be a dad. And I'm just gonna want my day to myself. I feel yeah. special. <laughs> so yeah, happy Father's Day to the fathers out there. Um, yes. We gonna keep this. We gonna keep it positive. Yeah, we we'll keep it positive, man. You know, hope y'all enjoy the episode, and um, you know, we'll we'll catch y'all up afterwards. All right, see you later. Uh-huh. Sucker. That seat is reserved for Zoe. She's the oldest, and I'm gonna need her to run point on this. You can cop a squat on the floor. Trey, Trey, what? he's not a dog. Sweetie, come here. Come sit here. Thanks, Mom. All right, fine. Yo, 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 yo. Now look, we're starting this new holiday initiative at work called Daddy's Day, and it's everything that Father's Day is not. 
That's why we're having it in the fall, far from the tyranny of Mother's Day. I love Mother's Day. It should get a whole month. I love Mom. Love you, Mom. Ah, ditto, ditto. <laughs> Who wants ice cream? Focus! <laughs> Focus! I expect professional quality cards, each with a heartfelt message, okay? Top shelf gifts, no mugs or ties from my closet that I already own. All right, now regarding your soundtrack of love for me. You know, just incorporate my name into some of the classics, like celebrate good times. Come on! Boom, boom, boom. Let's celebrate. I'm sorry. Woo! Everyone would agree that one of the most important days of the year is Mother's Day. Happy, Happy Mother's, Mother's Day! Everybody wants to show their mama how much they love her. Even Tupac wrote a song about his mother. On Mother's Day, people pull out all the stops. You take your mother to brunch. We out of food. I'm sorry for the inconvenience. If you can just come back next Sunday. What, what do you mean you're out of food next Sunday? We out of food, mama. What you want me to do? I did not raise You take her to a great movie so she can wear a great big hat. And you spend your last dime on her just so she knows she's number one. When it comes to Father's Day, nobody gave a damn. It's Father's Day, people. Come on down to Pastor Shores Shores food is half price. When is Nuches? Como se dice half off? The movies are terrible. <laughs> Turn it off! Turn it off! The gifts suck. Ta-da! <laughs> what the hell is this? The parking space, honey. We got you a parking space. Better park and be happy. And the only song for fathers was this. Have one day where he could do whatever he felt like doing was like finding a million dollars. He slept on the couch. He slept in the bed. He slept on a dining room table and dreamt his favorite dreams. He watched bowling. He watched baseball. He watched golf. He even did stuff we didn't know he did, like painting. And singing his favorite song. First I was afraid, I was petrified. You're thinking I could never leave without you by my side. Oh, did I spend so many nights thinking how you get me wrong? But I was wrong. But I knew how to get along, and now you're back from our space. I didn't say he knew all the words. Well, hello, everyone. Welcome back to Black and Holly Dangerous Podcast. Today, we have some very, very special guests. Once again, we have our fathers. <laughs> yes. VHD, the Father's Day yeah. edition. VHD, Father's Day, this special edition. <laughs> yes. To get the other side, to get the other perspective of 
parenthood and what it is like to raise uh two people like Daphne and Ty. Yes, two two amazing people who grace this Amazing earth. people. <laughs> Let the truth be told. <laughs> so, I guess we could start by each of you just kind of introducing yourselves to our listeners and then we'll we'll go from there. Yeah, tell us about yourself, your background. Yeah. All right, Irving, you want to go first or Oh, that's fine. Well, my name is Irvin Penn. I'm a professional truck driver and a professional roadie. Uh, born and raised in Chattanooga, Tennessee. Uh, high school, all my schooling was done right here in the state of Tennessee. So basically, that's about it about me. I'm just a simple guy, you know, just a simple person, laid back. Nice. <laughs> that's all right. All right, my name is Quinise Connor. Uh, just simple man, just living life. I uh, grew up in Jersey City, New Jersey. I was born in Philadelphia. After high school, I went into the Marine Corps. I did 13 years in the Marine Corps. Uh, from the Marine Corps, I went into federal corrections, did 20 years in federal corrections until I retired in 2013, and just living life. Yeah. Just enjoying it. Congratulations on retirement. You'll be retiring soon, Daddy, right? <laughs> yeah, December. I'm looking forward to December. Oh, okay. Wow. That's, a, that's a good feeling, man. <laughs> <laughs> any, any any retirement plans? Well, actually, I'm just going to... Uh, I do the behind-the-scenes work on concerts and movies, so, you know, I'm, I'm big in that right now. I've been doing that for 38 years, so... Okay. And I just really enjoy doing that, so I'm going to continue to do that. Yeah, that sounds fun. That's a good thing. I'm just waiting for my wife to retire to pack up and depart Jersey. <laughs> oh. Right. <laughs> Get out of Jersey. That's it. Two more years. Oh. So today is, of course, the Father's Day episode, and therefore we want to also have a conversation about fatherhood and so we want you both to tell us how did you feel about becoming a father when your first born was on their way how did you feel <laughs> all right let me see for me i was in the marine corps in california during the time and uh i guess i was away i was away in training for a couple of weeks and when i came home my wife had this big spread laid out on the table, dinner. You know, I'm thinking it's just because I was gone for two weeks. And she hands me a teddy bear. And, you know, you saw your big bad Marine, so the first thing you look at, I said, what are you trying to do, call me a baby or something? <laughs> <laughs> and she was like, no, I'm trying to tell you you're going to have a baby. Oh, <laughs> that's so sweet. I didn't know that story. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, of course you did. So how did you react? Were you like excited? You nervous? I mean, away for two weeks, coming home and seeing your wife after two weeks, and then she's telling you having a baby. Excited, ecstatic. Oh, that's nice. I mean, just blown away. That's so sweet. Yeah. What about you, Dad? Well, it was. I was excited. I was, and uh. You know, being out at the time, I was a full-time student and uh, and working full-time. So, you know, I had to make a decision that since I was having a child, 
that I will have to go to work. And that's what I've been doing ever since. But I don't have no regrets. And uh, I just, I'm happy. And to see you come to Forest, you have come, it make being a father that much more enjoyable. Mm-hmm. So nice. all right. So Thank nice. you. <laughs> so nice. <laughs> I try. So what do you enjoy the most about being a father? Me personally, I just just watching your watching your children grow and and teaching them life lessons and giving them the chance to uh I put this giving them the chance to make mistakes and learn from the mistakes. You and but you still keep an eye on them. I got a bad habit. I still gonna always be my baby. And so, you know, and gonna be my little girl and that's why I look at her, but I have to realize she's a grown woman now, but it's still hard to do that. Especially um father raising a daughter. So, you know. And other than that I enjoy it. I just really do. I really enjoy being a father. That's the best thing that I happened. think I that's right. That's right. And I, I think the same thing. Uh I enjoy being a father because I grew up without a father. See, so when Terrell came along and then his brothers, you know, the best thing about me just learning how to be a father is to be there in their life and to be a part of everything that they did. So, you know, some of the best things was from the time they started playing Papa on a football, never missing a game, even though I was working in corrections and working at midnight, you know, just taking them to every practice, being at every game, just watching them grow up through high school and just, you know, trying to, like you say, imparting to them the facts of life and hoping that, you know, you're doing it right as we make mistakes as we go along, but that we got together and when we look at the finished product, you know, I can kind of sit back and say, all right, job well done. I enjoy everything about, you know, what I did and what they did as being responsible young men and growing up. So it was a good thing. Mm-hmm. So I, I guess along those same lines, what would you say uh, was the most difficult part about being a father? <laughs> I, I think the most difficult part about being a father uh, was having sons and having to talk, if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. <laughs> If you, you know, want to expound on that for our audience, because they might not know what you mean. <laughs> having to talk, how to conduct themselves if they get pulled over by the police out there. See, because, you know, they grew up in the suburbs. And it wasn't many, it's not many African-American people in the suburbs where they grew up at. So you have to always be concerned about when they're out at night, uh, who they're hanging out with, what they're doing. And and their friends, because if anything happened, it's uh, just letting them know how to respond if they got pulled over the cops and so forth, um, respond to people, but yet teach them to be men and knowing their worth and their value and what they're about. So I think the most difficult thing is raising young men in this society, this day and time. It's uh, letting them know that, you know, they are somebody and they're no less than the next person and that mm-hmm. they have value. And just dealing with that on a day-to-day basis until, you know, you realize that they finally got a hope. They they finally grasped that. 
And I think in the end, I'm very proud because they're proud young men and they know who they are. They know what they stand for, what they represent. So they're not intimidated by anybody in this world. Mm-hmm. What about you, Dad? Uh, the most difficult aspect of being a father? Raising a daughter. <laughs> the exact opposite. <laughs> and uh, and the thing over that is, you know, knowing that young men is always after one thing, mm-hmm. and 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 when you left home, I always said, tell them you got a a, a brother, a husband, a boyfriend, sugar dad, or whatever you want to call them. I'm all of them in the one. So. And if they want a phone number, you give them my phone number. So, you know, I, and that's how I felt, you know. And whether I was not being at the school you was at when you went off to college, I just kept my eye on you, whether you know it or not. And then uh, just networking with people in different cities, no matter where you go, I'm always know someone. And so if you have any problems, I know I, if I can't get the they can take care of for me. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, and it just, watch you grow up, become a, from a little girl to a woman, you know, that's a big thing for the man raising a daughter. And, and he have his words. But other than that, I'm like his dad. I'm, I'm proud of you and the woman you have become. And it's nothing I can, and I say, a job well done. I just have to say for our audience that I'm 32 years old and even up until like last year, my dad was like, keep your head in them books, leave them knucklehead boys alone. And I I was engaged, mind you, but that's just what he's always said to me. Uh, Baby girl. That's right. Your daddy's girl. And and that's where you have to be. Because if I... If I could just add in, I always taught my boys how to treat a young lady and never to disrespect them, never to put their hands on them, never to call them out their names. Mm-hmm. Every one of their girlfriends, I used to always tell them, if he call you out your name, I want to know about it. If he don't call you sweetheart, baby, love cake, whatever you want to say, but if he call you anything else negative, I want to know about it because I want to know where they got that from and what gives them the right to do that. So, you know, these are things that you teach your children. Oh, man, all the headaches that gave me. <laughs> oh, you better, you better act right. right before I tell your dad. Like, yo, what you mean? <laughs> tell my dad. That's <laughs> right. I want to know. <laughs> that's right. That's, that's some good advice to some, some fathers now. Yes, teach your sons how yeah. to treat women. That's right. Mm-hmm. No, yeah. That was that in the back she, of my mind. Yeah, but I know definitely she used to, uh, she come on. A male friend of hers come on with her, and she said, "Well, you got to meet my dad." And, and I mean, right. I go the whole nine yards, and uh, I'm a, I, I don't want him to. I want. I want. I'm gonna intimidate him so bad, whereas <laughs> he gonna he gonna have to think twice. And I'm not trying to run him away, but I just want to see what kind of standards he have, and and see what. His manhood, because see, I'm not, I don't play with nobody's children. That's right. uh, So, you know, and I'm going to tell you, if you're going to treat mine that way, then it's a problem, you know, and I'm going to, and then 
you might not like the way that I was straighten it out, you know, and that's just me, you know, because I'm going to come to you as a man. Of and, course. Uh, and in a way, you come out uh, with the foul language and call them out of names and stuff like that. But you got a problem with me. That's it, you know, because mm. I didn't raise mine that way. And that's when I told him, keep burning that midnight oil because you got to get yourself somewhere and, and be able to stand on your own two feet. And I try to teach her, teach her you to be self-sufficient on certain things. And, and by doing that, like I said, and then coming out of the South, it just, that's the way most of the men in the South are, you know. They're going to worry about their children. And that's plain and simple, you know. Uh, they, no matter what it is, we just that way. And then we're in the available battle of the South, too. As a matter of fact, we're the belt buckle. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so, but, uh, but like I said, I'm, all I can say, I don't want to sound like I'm repeating, but like I said, I'm proud of what you have accomplished, what you have done, and what you have become. And to me, uh, I said again, a job well done. And I can sit back and say, well, chest swells up and just start that's smiling, right. you know, and that's it. So, you know, and, and I know I feel what I'm supposed to do. And yeah, like that's a good feeling. That's a good feeling yes, as a father when you can do that. I mean, yes. I mean, you don't ask for nothing else. Right, just look right. back and look at what you produce. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, it just some things... And like I said, most the way I was brought up, uh, man, and 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 I know his father feel the same way. Is that when you send, uh, when you raise a child, your family come first, and and that's how I always feel, and I still feel that way to this day. So you know, and uh, and I grew up without my father. Well, he. I, uh, my my parents divorced when I was 14, so, and I became a man at 14 because I had to start taking care of home. Mm-hmm. So, uh-huh. you know, my mom out. So, you know, and that's just how I feel. So I do whatever I have to do to maintain the household that I want and make sure everybody's doing what they're supposed to do, mm-hmm. you know. And uh, with you being in the military, so you know how to run a tight ship and same with me. So, you know. And that just being a dad. That's it, being a dad, and <laughs> and looking and look and look just just looking at it the way you see it, and letting your children know this is how we gonna tell it to you, yeah. and take right, that right. out and, and take it into the world, you know. So it's it's, it's a good thing. Mm-hmm. They they yeah. doing well. Yeah. So yeah. y'all y'all did mention a lot of the good things about being a parent, but we all know that being <laughs> A parent, maybe for the first time or whenever, is not if you don't have a rule book, you know, you don't have a, you understand how to do it all the time and everything may not go as planned. And you may make some mistakes along the way. So what give us one mistake that you feel like that you made, you know, being a father that you probably learned from. And if you were to go back, you probably did it a little differently. Wow. All right. I, I let me, I, I guess I guess the one mistake I made was for one not growing up with a father, you know, uh, my father and my mother separated when I was six years old, so 
not having a man around, you have to learn to become a man. And I think by going to the military Marine Corps, it taught me a lot and how to grow up and, and mature. But one of the things is that, you know, Marines, you know, we, we, we were forceful, we were strong, we were demanding. So I think the one mistake that I probably made uh, uh, early on was putting into my sons what I say, but not giving them a chance to express themselves in the beginning. Mm-hmm. I think I was more of trying to see them as, my wife called them, little, she would call them little people. I guess I would see them as, you know, she said they're little people too. They're just little people, you know. <laughs> I, I, I can look at them as a computer and I want to download so much information into them mm-hmm. of life that the only way they can give me feedback is if I go into a program and hit a button and say, okay, now what? And I wouldn't, a lot of times, I wouldn't allow him to give feedback. I think that was one mistake as growing up. I mean, they would try to explain themselves in situations, and it was like, I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it. This is what I'm saying. This is how I see it. So I, I think, you know, just learning from that, uh, now as I got older, I got tired so they can do what they want <laughs> you know <laughs> but, but when they were young but when they were younger it was more or less i was everything i could in them and and as young men as young children my wife was the one that would you know talk to them and, and, and get all the information so they would give more to her than they would give to me because i wasn't equipped or i wasn't built to get their feedback it was just put it out. Just mm-hmm. give it to them. Just give it to them. Mm-hmm. And okay. that's a mistake. Okay. Mr. Penn, how about you? Well, I'm same as he is, you know, I, it's just that I had my rules mm-hmm. and and I stuck with them because that's the rules. And and as you say, your parents separated when you were six. Mine, mine was at 14 and uh, I had to become a man early and so right and with me being the oldest child i had to look to the older guys in the neighborhood and so i learned a lot from them and that's one thing about just making sure that you do what you're supposed to do and i mean i have my regrets and it was just that i gave you your rope but also i kept a tight tight hold on it Mm-hmm. And uh, making sure, and I, you know what, if you got any problems, you know, you call me, you call me, and I will do that. And I, you know, just basically that's it, just trying to control what you're doing. And, you know, and I just have to, that's something you have to learn not to do. And like I said, the older you get, the more you learn. Because, see, like I said, we didn't have no, it ain't no book to tell you how to raise a child. Sure that just comes from their experience. So, you know, and I just took it that way. And that's how I did that. Well, I can definitely say that over the years, it's definitely, like, changed. And I feel like, okay, I like you said, having the freedom to make my mistakes um, without too much control. So I, I definitely think you have found a balance. So thank you. <laughs> well, what about you, Terrell? <laughs> What do you mean? What about me? He wants to hear. He wants some feedback. <laughs> oh, I mean, I mean, I mean, 
<laughs> I mean, yeah, I think you was right. When we was younger, you know, we could yeah. we couldn't speak a lot. Uh, we had that much time to talk. But then, yeah, as we got got older, and as I went away to college, you know, I was able to call home and and then I could see, you know, the. the I think we went from a you know, adult child relationship to like you know an adult with an adult child <laughs> relationship and then we were able to you know have conversations about life you were able to show me things from being a man in adulthood and I did feel that as I at that time in my life when I went away to college and stuff like that I was actually able to have like you no know, real conversations so and then up until this day you know don't hold nothing back and talk and we and you know as Ma would say me and you are a lot alike so that means we used to bump heads a lot back in the day too oh but <laughs> then now you got but see the difference between me and you was I didn't have a man in my life as a child. You did, so now you can see these things and when you have your child, oh yeah, you can handle you can handle it better than I did. Mm-hmm. And that's and that's one thing I tell Kristen too, you know, when we have conversations and things that we'll do and that's one of the things that I say I, I would do. I'm like, you know, um, watching and learning from my dad and seeing how things go was like when I have kids, you know, my uh, I'm gonna be make a real effort to make sure they always have a chance to like speak and get their voice out uh, at an early age, you know. So so you you know you live and you learn it and then you make it better for the next generation. Thanks, That's right. Thanks to you all. Mm-hmm. So speaking <laughs> yeah. of bumping I, heads, oh, were you about to say? Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to say that, you know, like every city that you went to for dealing with your schooling, and I always say, well, let me see who I know in this city, you know. Uh, of course. And I start making phone calls, you know, and just having people say, well, if she have a problem, you take care of that for me, you know, make sure she's okay, you know, and things of that nature, you know, and they're just the father instinct. And, uh, and like I said, with you being a female, uh, that's the first thing on my mind is making sure, okay, because like I said, the way the world is today, it's crazy, you know, and you don't know how people going to rag police officers or whoever. So, right, you know, you right. just want to make sure that y'all got the correct way to talk and how to present yourself, you know. And then I would, like I said, in organizations that I'm in, I just try to make sure that I, I let them know where you at and who you are. So, you know, and it's just something I have to do, you know, and, and you can, I can be 80 years old and you fit in your fitness. I'm still going to be that way, you know, but I, you got your leeway, but they're just being a dad period. And that's and so, it. You know, that's, that's it. I mean, it's nothing that, that'll never change. It'll never wow. change. I mean, I have grown men, and I will still come right. to the beck and call. Mm-hmm. Let something, be, right. let something right. be wrong. I'll be, yeah. I'll be on a plane in Georgia <laughs> to that one. I'll be right here, wherever they at. They know they can always call that. So, so on that note, thinking about you know you wanting to be there for your child, you know thinking about where they are in the world, and just you know being willing to be there for them. What would you say? Uh, has been or maybe currently is your biggest fear as a father? Uh, me personally, it's just that I don't want no tragedy to come to you, and because it'll devastate me. And and I'm gonna be honest, whoever done it, I will come looking for him, plain and simple. That's it. 
you know. And uh, that's the reason I said, no matter where you at, I know somebody, and they would let me know faster than anyone else can. Uh, I remember you was at Purdue, and uh, 3 o'clock in the morning, I get a call. I, re- I don't load it up my car. I'm ready to go. Take off. You know, that's right. That just, that's it, you know. And my see, wife had to tell me to calm down, you know, because, <laughs> see, I will come, and I don't care who's involved, you know. I'm not coming to talk. I'm not coming to talk. That's plain and simple, you know. And I'm just, a, like I said, I'm an old-fashioned dad from the South. So, you know, that's it, you know. And I, I'm not no bully or nothing like that, but I'm going to get to the bottom of it, and we can go, we can either talk it out, or we can do what we got to do, you know, and that's it. You know, that's just how I feel. And uh, so, you know, you, my, you, I made you, and you mine. And so, you know, and whether you get married or not, it doesn't matter, but you're going to always be my little girl. And he, I know he'll say the same about his son. And like I said, you're a grown woman, but that's the way I would treat you. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm not, let me rephrase that. I'm not going to always treat you as a little girl, but in my eyes, you're going to always be a little girl. It's going to be a little girl, no matter how old yeah, you get. And that's it. No matter how old you get. That's right. That's right. And I guess, I guess, I guess we as parents that have a connection and a relationship with our children feel that way because my biggest right. fear is not getting to them in time if a situation comes about. Mm-hmm. You know, exactly. I, I have so many emotions, so many things. And if I get a call, uh, you know, just for instance, uh, my son in Georgia had an incident last year. Well, that just did so much to us uh, with a cop. But it was a good thing that I couldn't get there because then I don't need to be locked up either. But, <laughs> but, but exactly. you know, but but as soon as we could get there, you know, we altered our trips and stuff so we can get there to make sure he's okay, even though he's going to marry. You know, uh, uh, that's the way with Terrell. That's the way with any of them. You know, the biggest fear is not being able to get there in time for what they're going through. And, and and being accessible, you know, saying, do what they tell you to do and whatever the case may be. But then when I get there, I'm going to take the hit. You see, I'm mm-hmm. going to take whatever situation. Just you just be calm. And when I get there, my wife need to be there to calm me down because then I'm going <laughs> to. Can I just. Exactly. It's crazy because the the situation that my dad mentioned where I called him at 3 a.m. crying, Ty, that was when mm-hmm. Kadari and I were pulled over and a cop was just like really aggressive and it scared me. Uh-huh. Um, so it's it's crazy that that's the, the oh, we all dealing with it. It's po- it's police, yeah. man, police. Yeah. And, and, that, and that's what's happening. And that's what I'm saying. So, you know. I think the only person that can calm me in a situation is my wife. And if she ain't there, then, you know, it'd be what it is. <laughs> you know, I agree with you 100% on that. <laughs> <laughs> it'd be what it is. And, I, and I'm just keeping it real, you know, for your listeners yeah. and everybody. Um, because why? Because I, I, I take it uh, that Daphne, your father, and myself, we love our children to the point where we have a relationship and we have a connection and I'll go in life no matter how old we get. If I got to come at you while I'm sitting in the wheelchair, 
I'm going to come and protect my child. I don't care how grown they are. I, it's something you just can't shake off. That's it. That's true, though. That is definitely true. All right. So, this next question. And I'm, it's okay if you guys don't. I would understand if you guys don't have any examples to tell our listeners. Uh, you might not. You might not. But I'm going to ask it anyway, just, just to see. Um, tell us a time. Again, we know this probably didn't happen. But if you can remember, if there was any kind of time, tell us the time where you had to discipline me or Daphne for, for any situation. You know, and I know we didn't get disciplined. We were great kids. We never got in trouble. So You so heard how okay. perfect now, we were. It's okay. Now, you heard how perfect now. they said we were. No, no it, it, took, it, took, it took work to get you to where you at right now. In the process, it was a process to get there. So, so discipline is... I'm quite sure I speak for Terrell. When you have a mind of your own and you want to do things of your own and you know you're not quite ready yet, oh, there's repercussions that comes behind that. Mm-hmm. I guess there's two times. I'm gonna say one, the mm-hmm. first one just when Terrell was two years old. Mm-hmm. Uh we was in California and we was in the supermarket. And I guess Terrell decided he wanna have his first tantrum in the middle of the aisle. So he had his tantrum in the middle of the aisle, and so I had my tantrum too. <laughs> and so you know who won that situation because the bottom line was even back then, if I don't control him now or back then, then you know the saying, what would his life be? You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Oh, he had a tantrum and they can look at me all they want. They can look at me crazy. <laughs> But I tapped that little thigh right there in the middle of that off. Uh, <laughs> so we take it that, like your wife, you do believe in spanking. <laughs> uh, yeah. uh, we do believe in spankings. Uh, but my sons very, very really got spankings. Oh they, let them tell it. They think they was Yo. jacked up every day of the week. But, they, but because they're not used to spankings, they think they always got spankings when they get one. But they very barely got. I think my wife came at them more than I have. I I, I manhandled because they were boys, mm-hmm. you know. But the biggest discipline was uh, Terrell when he first got his license. Oh man, what was that? No, I say not. <laughs> yeah, the first day, the first day Terrell got his license, we got him a car, and I got home from work. I was working midnight, so I was working from twelve to eight. And I got home from work, and the car was in the driveway, and Terrell says, Dad, can I go and pick up my girlfriend? And I'm like, no, Terrell, I'm just getting in. I'm tired. I want to sleep. You know, you just got your license. I don't want to be awake waiting for you. So I go in the house, and Terrell and his brother get in the car and take off. And in the interim, he picks up his girlfriend, and on his way back home, he totals the car. Oh my God. Oh my God, Terrell. Wow. Wow. That just, is big. Just just got his license. Uh-huh. Oh man. Yeah, that was and he totals the car. Yeah, that was a bad situation. That was a bad day. Well, first of all, I'm happy you're safe. But wow, that was bald, Terrell. Uh, yeah. Thought I knew just I was got doing. some little 
I had some little cheap rims to put on the car later on and everything else. Never put them on the car. Yeah, okay, yeah. tisk tisk Terrell. Okay, I don't think I have you beat. So, Dad, you can say whatever you want to say because I know you can't say let's, nothing let's like just, that about let's just me. See, let's just see what he has to say, Dad. Let's just see. I don't think anything. What? Actually, I have never had to dispossess them. Because her mom and I divorced, and, uh, and so when she came around, we just enjoyed each other's company, you know. She right. could talk to me about anything, so you know, and uh, and you know, boy problems, you know. I I try to get give her my ear to, so she can just talk and I listen. That's it, you know. But we, I I never had to discipline. I just told her keep her head in the books. Uh, if you got a problem, just call me, you know, and that's it, you know. But I ain't never had to chastise her in no kind of way. Mm. <laughs> See, I yeah. told you, Ty, I was in, this kind of is confirmed. My <laughs> mom low-key confirmed it. Is, I, I, See? I, I mm. don't know if I can believe yes. this. I'm going to talk to one of your siblings. I need, yes. I need, I need the truth. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. I told y'all. Mm, mm, uh, mm. Okay. Yeah. So, next question. Um, and this, you guys have uh, kind of like talked about this a little bit, but maybe you have different examples. Uh, something that you never had uh, growing up, but that you always wanted for your children. Wow. I just want you to have a better life than what I had. You know, uh, and you accomplished that goal. Like I said, when you came along, I dropped out of college to, to be a dad, a father, you know. And that's when also uh, and and that's what I want to do when I do graduate. I mean, when I do retire, go back to school and finish. And uh, so, you know, and that's one of the things that I regret now because I got the time to do it now. So, you know, but I had to do what I had to do at the time to take of care of a family as a man. Of so course. That's it. Yeah, that's it. So, you know, and... uh. So my and my job offers, so it's not something to take advantage of, and that's what I'm gonna do. That's all right. And I'll be here to help you with your homework. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think, I think for me it was two things. One was I was the only son, and I had four sisters growing up. So I think one was I never had a car growing up until I was in the Marine Corps. So. Always wanted my boys, always wanted to buy them the first car. So I had three sons, and I think I bought each one of them three cars apiece. Mm. Yeah. But mm. always wanted to make sure that was a goal. I said, when I become an adult and I have children, I wanted to buy them their first car. That's something I never had. Mm. The other thing is, I never went to college. And after high school, I went straight into Marine Corps. And I always wanted them to go to college. So I think that was our biggest uh, goal for when they was going through high school, was Terrell led the way and all of his brothers fo uh, followed. My younger son just graduated two weeks ago. So, Yay. yes, the biggest thing, so the biggest thing was to get all three of my sons not to go into the military, but to pursue a higher education. And... And that was it. 
And and I and like I say, job well done. I'm happy. I'm excited. I, I stick my chest out and I tell the world every time I talk to somebody, I got three sons, three black boys that graduated college. You know, top that. And that's and that's how I do it. And I and I always like to throw that PhD right up the top. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. That's that is a huge accomplishment. Like that's right. Yeah, that congratulations to you because it's tough in a society um, when like so many things, especially, are coming after black boys. And so, you know, congratulations to you. Yeah. So, <clears throat> I guess maybe we can take this question, and and you guys, you know, me and Daphne probably have heard this before. Um, <laughs> you know, but I think this may be beneficial to some of our listeners. What is one piece of advice that you always, you do, you did, you always gave to your children um, that you would like to share to, to, to our listeners? You should know this one by heart. For every action is what? Go ahead. This is the question it's, for you. I know it. <laughs> That's right. I know what it is, I taught, too. <laughs> I, I, taught, I, I taught them, I taught my sons growing up all through their life for every action there's a reaction, mm-hmm. whether positive, whether negative or indifferent. But there's a reaction for everything that you do. And I always tell them, whenever you make a decision, whenever you make a choice in life, ask yourself, can you live with it? If you mm-hmm. don't think you can live with it, then don't do it. Because if it don't turn out the way you want it, want it to turn out, then you need to regroup, readjust, and go at it again from a different perspective. But for every action, there's a reaction. That's all I ever tell them. I said, because, for example, if I'm going to work in the morning and I tell one of them to take the trash out, see, Terrell, Terrell was different than his brothers. You tell Terrell to do something, he just want to get it done and be over with. Mm-hmm. You know, he just want to get it done. He could be mad, he could be frustrated, but he'd get it done. But if I tell him to take the trash out, and when I come home and the trash is not taken out, well, because of your actions, my reaction is not going to be what you want. And I always tell them, don't, don't, get mad, don't get mad at me because of your actions. See, so I always have to put that in. Don't get mad at me because of your actions. Your actions created this reaction. So if I go off the deep end, then that was because of your action. When I told you to take the trash out and you didn't, and you didn't do that. Mm-hmm. You know, that's just an example. So for every action is a reaction. So whatever you do in life, Make sure you can live with that choice. If you can't live with it, then you need to really rethink it. And and listen and listen to it for our listeners. Um, for those of you who are parents, being parents, know this: there may be consequences to your advice too. This is why my parents are still waiting on grandbabies. Ah! Uh, <laughs> now see, see now, now okay, all right, all right. My dad listen, used to this, scare me. Like, listen, right. you listen. You, we teenage. You bring a baby up in here. That's it. You take care of that baby. You ain't doing nothing. It's the kind of like. Shooting, we ain't bringing up no babies up here. Right, right. Yeah, right. I, 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 I used to threaten them. I said, if you bring a baby up in here, you're still going to work, you're still going to school, but you are going to take care of that baby. Just like I take care of you, you're going to take care of that baby 100%. So we told them, go to school, get a job, get married, have babies, but now that we're older, somebody need to break the chain. That is so funny. <laughs> That's so funny. Exactly, exactly. But they listen, they listen well. <laughs> 
But speaking of every action has a reaction, I think my daddy literally just posted that on Facebook a few hours ago. So that's so funny you said that. Oh, it, it's funny, yeah. <laughs> I did. And, uh, but no, but my biggest thing is that, uh, like I said, as you said, every action has a reaction. But also I was told if you make a dollar, save a quarter. And that's something my mom always instilled in me when I was coming up. So, you know, and, and if you get into that habit, you could actually be surprised how much change you come up with. I mean, for it to turn it into paper money. So, you know, and, and that's something I live by to this day. That's so, right. You know, and because, uh, see, uh, everything that you think you need, your needs and wants are totally different. Uh-huh. So, you know, you and that's just how I look at things. So, you know. I don't want to, I, if I want it, because I want it, because everyone else has it. So, you know, I don't live life like that, trying to keep up with the Joneses. So, you know, I just do what I have to do to take care of me and my household. And uh, so, you know, and I go from there. But like I said, you make a dollar, save a quarter. Mm-hmm. And, I be, and like I said, I believe in that right to this day. That's right. That's right. And that's why I'm so frugal, y'all. I was about to say, like, definitely <laughs> listen to that advice. <laughs> she, <laughs> she don't play with her coins, boy. I do not play with my coins. <laughs> yeah. That's all right, Daphne. I'm mad at I you. I think Daphne, make a dollar, save a dollar. <laughs> yeah, I, you know, I do. I, I go a little bit overboard. I need to start, you know, just saving 50 cents for the whole dollar. Um, <laughs> But uh, so our next question is kind of get into like fatherhood now. So you've talked about what you did. You even talked about, you know, your own childhood. And so like thinking back to your childhood, thinking about how you were as a father, how would you say fatherhood and fathers have changed over the years, like compared to your generation to the to what's going on now? Well, I would say this right here. First of all, you got a lot of young fathers out here. And so they being friends with their children instead of keeping it the father-son or father-daughter relationship. And that's the difference between when I was coming up versus the generation today. Uh, when homework was done, we was outside playing. And, uh, well, you know, you had to come in the house before the street light. When the street light come on, you mm-hmm. was going home. And right. every day I was in bed by 8.30, in the bed, bath, everything. I was in the bed, especially during the school week, you know, school nights. So, you know, that was just way life was back then. And then parents, and when I was coming up, you listen to your elders and it took a village to raise a child. We didn't have a babysitter played outside. Somebody in the neighborhood was watching you at all times. That's the reason I told you, no matter where you go, somebody's watching you for me. And that just, that's come over the years of networking. So, you know, and it's just something you have to understand. And that's what parents need to get back to today the way it was when we was coming up. And, and, that's, and I think it'll make Go ahead. No, oh, I'm saying, and that's true because it, it, in the neighborhoods, you know, the neighborhood always watched children. Stuff used to right. get back to, 
stuff you to get back to my mother before I can get down the block. <laughs> you know, right? Exactly. But, exactly. Uh, yeah, but um, but as far as fathers, uh, from back then to today, you had fathers. I I, I think my perspective is it's a little different uh, because growing up, uh, you had fathers that weren't fathers. Uh, you know, I grew up in the hood in the city in Jersey City, so I ran the street. So the biggest thing was everybody out there having babies, and these cats were just impregnating these girls all over the place and just leaving to see how many girls they can get pregnant. So you had these young cats out there with four or five children, six children, with about three or four different girls, and they didn't have no part in their life. Uh, As far as me, I couldn't tell you, except for a few friends that I had, uh, seeing their fathers in their life and they had a good home, you know, and they had a good home. Whereas there wasn't a lot of fathers around. So I didn't have nobody to be an example. Mm-hmm. One, of the ex- one of the examples that I had was when I was playing football in high school. I always believed that if I had a father around, when I got mad at the coach and decided to want to quit the team, he probably would have been there to talk to me and say, nah, that's just the way it is and keep playing. Whereas with trailing them, you know, if they got upset with the coach, I tell them talk to the coach, tell them better ways to deal with it, but you know, keep playing. You know, I didn't have that example, so I, I think I'm starting to see, I'm starting to see, uh, progressing back to what your father was saying, what Irvin was saying is that uh, fathers now are starting to get a little more engaged with their children, you know, being a part of their lives. Mm-hmm. Like I was always a part of my son's lives. Every school program, I was there. Every football game from Papa Warner through high school, I was there. Take them to practice. You know, I was always there in their life. I'm starting to see fathers today starting to pick that role back up now, uh, as they're getting a little older and being a part of the children's lives and doing good things with their kids now and being there for them. But um, back in the day, uh, from when I was growing up. There wasn't a lot of fathers around. There were, like I said, that's where I was growing up at. You know, mm-hmm. when I seen, there weren't a lot of fathers around. They they were out there, but they were hit and miss. Uh, their routines was, if I go out and make the money, then when the paychecks come in, I give you what you need to take. And then uh, we had a lot of neighborhood bars, so these cats were always in the bars, always doing their own thing, and the kids were just we were kids. I was in the city. So we're just running buck wild with mm-hmm. really no discipline except for from the uh, moms, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. So I, I see I see a little growth now mm-hmm. in fathers getting more involved in their children's lives. That's good to hear. I'll actually link a study that kind of, you know, shows that like when we think about like engagement among fathers in the black community, sometimes we have like misconceptions and there's some myths around that. So I can link an article to that. I just want to also note that it is very interesting that my mom and my dad actually gave the exact same response (laughs) to this question. (laughs) I I did peep that. That was funny. Yeah. They both said people want to be their kids. friends. (laughs) Yeah. It's true. It's true. Oh my God. Y'all are too much alike. My mom and my dad, their birthday is one day up they're one day apart. So they are a lot alike. All right. Right. That's too funny. But I see, you know, and I you go to the bars around here, you see 
of mothers in the bar with their children, you know. Yeah. And and the mom probably is barely forty. The child is in their twenties, and she got children. So you know. Exactly. And and it, and, and and see and 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 you say you grew up in the city, well Chattanooga. When I say it's an old money town, it's an old money town. <laughs> and and we sit in a in a bowl. We're at the bottom of the bowl. We're surrounded by mountains. So uh-huh. and uh, but see, Chattanooga home of Coca Cola, little Debbie snack cakes, right. moon pies, mm-hmm. and things of that nature. So you know, it just yeah, a lot of we we well whatever neighborhood you grow up in, everybody watch you. And my parents oh. went to work. Like I said, they said, don't go outside. Uh, you can go on the porch. And that, and that's far as we went. You know, we didn't uh-huh. go no further. Because, see, uh, it's like you did, somebody was watching you. So you went out, you went across the street or did anything, you got in a world of trouble. So, you know, and that's it. And, and I, if I did it, I got... Not only did mom give me, but my dad did too. So you know, that, I'm not going to take. Sometimes the neighbor was spanking. So you know, and 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 that's what I said to go back to that. You know, because things are changing. But I agree with you on that too. For us, some fathers are coming back around. Yeah, engaging with their children and like saying them pop Warner and things of that nature. You know. And uh, so, you know, that is pretty good because I see that a lot. So, you know, but and I tell every child, if you're not going to go to college, learn a, a trade, trade to where you trade. can take care of yourself. That's, That's it, right. You know, get a trade. And, and and I talk to children today about that, you know, uh, and I'm like you. I said my daughter went from Howard to Harvard. And so, mm-hmm. you know, Howard is the oldest black school in the state of Tennessee. So, you know, and uh, and I just tell them that, you know, from Howard to Harvard, you That's need right. to do this, you need to do that, you know, and uh, and burn that midnight oil, you know, keep it going, you know. Just don't stop at a, a bachelor's, get your master's. If you, if you think you need to take a break, take a break, then go back and get your Ph.D., but the more you know, the more knowledge you have, nobody can take that away from you. See, one of the things one of the things about this generation is that we have a lot of fathers that's going from the school to the jail. Mm-hmm. Exactly. You know, they're exactly. going from school to jail. And now if you can break that cycle somewhere in between that school and the next step before they hit jail, then they have a chance. And, and, and working in federal corrections, you see a lot of that. And so it's like a lot of fathers can't tell their sons or daughters. Like one thing I always told my sons was, as you grow up, I want you to be better than me. You see what I'm saying? I want exactly. you to treat your wife better than I treat your mother. I want you to make more money than I ever made. I want you to be better than me. A lot of fathers can't say that to their sons because from school to jail. So they don't have that connection. That's all they're seeing. Well, he never finished school, but now he's in a school of hard knocks, you know? And and, and, and what do you tell them? Where do they go from there? And so it, it takes a lot, it take, you know, I counsel a lot of young men and I deal with a lot of young men today. 
and it takes somebody else to kind of step in and fill a gap so they can get a chance to get ahead in life. So, but when you do see uh, a few starting to take that role on now and understand it and say, I want to be this for my child, then that's a good thing. But it's, it's much different than when we were growing up. All right, so. Yeah, what since you guys have been fathers for quite some time now uh and you know there's a new generation of fathers many people around you know around me and daphne's age um what Mm -hmm. advice would you give to somebody who's going to be a father for the first time in this current generation be involved go through the process i never missed a doctor's appointment when my wife was pregnant with terrell and i was in the marine corps I never missed a doctor's appointment, and I was there from, except for the first one, she found out I was away. After that, I never missed another one. And from that to his birth, I was right there. So I'm always involved in their life. Uh, From school all the way through college, I mean, I started getting a little offended when Terrell probably got in his sophomore year in Hampton when he really didn't need to talk to me about what classes and stuff he would take anymore. He was on his own, you know. I can I can schedule my own classes, Dad, thanks. <laughs> yeah, I started getting offended, you know. But I said, okay, he growing up. But, then, but we were still able to talk about it, and I still had conversations, I still know. So I think the biggest thing is, for fathers today, is to be involved. Don't just, you know, impregnate these girls or... or, or you know, get married and have a child, and then you have no connection with that child whatsoever. So I'm, 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 I'm more into the same. Be involved, and show them how to be young men. Show them uh, a young woman, a young, a, a, you know. There's two things. One is a mother's love for her son is untouchable, but then a father's love for his daughter is the same. He's going to teach you, the father's going to teach that daughter who's good for her by being an example and being her life and being around. Some girls, it's hard to find that right guy because you can't find that person that's giving you the same qualities as your father. And it's the same thing with that son. He's not going to find that woman unless she's giving him some of the same qualities as his mother. You know, so you got to be around and be involved to be an example. It's not always telling them what to do. Show them how to do it by being an example. Amen, brother. All I can say on that, I agree with you, one hundred percent on that. <laughs> you got anything just, to add for the current generation, Dad? He just said it all. He oh. just said it all. Come on, <laughs> like, you, got, you, got, like you got you got something to that man. <laughs> no, no, no. I tell you this, man. Like I say, you know, uh, when I have free time, I do armed security in bars. Uh-huh. And I went to this bar one day, and I got to talk about the street here in Chattanooga called Braino Road. I said, man, man, y'all got made, man. I mean, why had to fight just to go to high school and junior high school? And uh, so they, st- and I couldn't believe they were listening. They actually listened to me for right. three hours. They, they decided to go home. They decided they weren't going in the bar tonight because <laughs> the words I was putting on them, they just said, man, they appreciate me opening doors for them, you know. Because That's right. Chattanooga, when I was coming up, it was black against white every single day. Of course. And so, you know, and they didn't understand that, but that's just the way it was. Mm-hmm. 
and not but y'all out here want to impregnate women you want to kill each other uh-huh. and things of that nature and they just don't work for me you know because i i don't seem to struggle and i'm a 57 year old man and i caught uh-huh. the tail end of the civil rights and, and racism and being called the n-word and everything else so you know rocks thrown at me i didn't know nothing about no gun at no 14 years old but uh and these kids was carrying guns back then yeah, you know, do whatever they had to do, and I just want you know realize what you got and take care of your be responsible. Yeah. That's what the younger generation. That's what I want to teach them how to be responsible, mm-hmm. and teach you the way I came up. If you take that in your hand, and and instill it in your mind, you'll go a long ways with that. I mean, young men go a long ways. Right. A lot of them are willing to listen if someone's willing to impart into them, you know. Right. Like I said, I grew up, and the Black Panthers headquarters was right across the street from me. <laughs> so you know what that was yeah. like every night. <laughs> right, right, <laughs> you know? right, right, right. You know, so so them out there having their rallies and their meetings and the cops riding and, ch- you know, so it, it, it was busy where I grew up at. But, you know, I just thank God that I was able to get out of that environment and begin to establish and say, I want something different and better. And I think, you know, if we can become more of a light when we do talk to these young men, when we get the opportunity and try to impart in them, some of them will take your advice. Some of them will, you know, want to do better. Yeah. Uh, but I talk to a lot of my, like I said, if you're not going to college, man, go learn. I say, go learn, get a trade, learn how to drive a truck. Mm-hmm. You're going to get it. paid well, and you're going to get to see the country while you're getting paid. Mm-hmm. That's and, right. And like I said, and, and then also live by a rule. Every dollar you make, put a, put a quarter away. That's right. And you do that right there, you'll be surprised. So you got a thousand dollars, you don't save hundred so, right there so, already because so, you don't put it up. So you ain't saying put 10, 10% away, you say put 25% away. 25% <laughs> away, yeah. That's right. Yeah, it, but that's that's something my mom instilled in me when I got my first job at fourteen, because we had them summer programs where you can start working at fourteen. Yes, and I just like to see kids do that. Cedar, you know? no, yeah. And for our listeners, quick plug: make sure you go and listen to our um, one our episode, Game of Loans, where we do talk about not just student mm-hmm. loans and stuff like that, but also the perks of getting um, uh, into a trade. And, and some mm-hmm. of the salaries we mentioned there, because it, it can be a lucrative gig for you all, for sure. Yes, yes. And it's cra- yeah. it's just crazy to hear this interview and see how, like, some of our episodes actually reflect the lessons we've learned from our parents, because mm-hmm. we had a whole episode <laughs> talking about trades and stuff. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. This is crazy. But I'm going to say this about trades. Okay. You have now... You have a lot of parents, uh, families, you know, they well off educated, but some of them can't even change a light bulb. You call a man to come out and change a light bulb, he's going to charge you 50 to 75 maybe $100. Mm-hmm. Something that you can do and buy a light bulb for $2 and put it in and go about your business mm-hmm. and be done with it. You know, that's what I was saying, self-sufficient. Learn how to... Uh, plumbing, you know, and 
these are good jobs, you know. And I mean, somebody got to do it. Everybody can't go to school and get yeah. education or nah. that. Mm-hmm. So you and, know, but I know plumbers that's living way around here, you know. Oh, yeah. So you know, uh, carpenters, you know, these are trades that pays make good money. Mm-hmm. And I especially people, up north, yeah. Yeah, I was telling young man, I was telling young man to be an auto mechanic. Why? Because it's not like it used to be. Everything is computerized now. So you exactly. learn the computer, you learn how to fix the car. Because the computer's going to take everything. So Everything. Everything. So all you got to do is know how to plug the computer in. It's going to tell you what the problem is and what it is. You just look in the manual, and it tells you how to fix it. So get that trade mm-hmm. and make money. Because I'm going to tell you, I'm the first one taking my car to a shop. I ain't fixing nothing. <laughs> they, they they see me coming. I, I learned though. I'll tell you right now. I learned I learned to talk to mechanic friends I have so they can tell me what's wrong with it. So when I go in there, I don't get taken. Yeah. They right, see me right. coming. That's what you like mean, jackpot. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. jackpot. Here come Connor. <laughs> Shoot. Yeah. yeah, that's good advice. Good advice. Hopefully our listeners are paying attention. Um, yes. And, uh, once again, we are very grateful for our fathers to take the time out to drop some knowledge, share their experiences of fatherhood with our with our black and highly dangerous listeners and audience. And how to get your money right yeah, and get, all that good how stuff. How to get your money right, even though we didn't <laughs> learn any new dirt about Daff today. I, we did learn about some of her behaviors. Yes. yes you know, she, be, I, she stay up late because she be burning that midnight oil. <laughs> yes, I am a night owl. Yes, yes. But I was yeah. a very good child. So, so yeah. she's a good child, huh? I never had to dismiss. That's, that's one thing I didn't have to do, you know. But uh, she's been a good child. So, you know. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, well, I got, I got uh, some good... I got some good stories about Terrell, boy. Ooh, yeah, yeah, we heard about him taking that candy we've bar. Heard, we've Ooh. heard enough. We've heard <laughs> You know, we're going to have to get out because, you know what, Ty? It, it's going to, we're going to end up learning a whole lot more about you. <laughs> but we appreciate it. And, yeah. you know, we appreciate all of you have what you have done for, for us, for Daphne and myself and mm-hmm. raising us. You know, we are very appreciative and, and, you know, couldn't ask for better fathers guiding us the way to where we are now. Yeah, going from Howard to Harvard and, and Purdue and everywhere else and getting these PhDs is because of your mm-hmm. influence for sure. Uh, without a doubt, you know, you guys have been with us yeah. for from, from the start. Yes. And happy Father's Day to uh, the both of you, as well as uh, our listeners who are fathers out there. We hope that you have an awesome Father's Day. We hope that you got something from this episode. Um, And we hope that you also build connections with other fathers. Uh, Just listening to my dad and uh, Mr. Connor, it was like that brotherhood and that camaraderie that was really touching to hear. So I I hope more black men are, you know, out there making connections. Black Dad Network started. Let's get it popping. Yeah. Um, uh, uh, oh well besides that you know as always continue to follow us on our social media Facebook Instagram Twitter at BHD Podcast you can go to our website at www.blackandhighlydangerous.com for the latest updates email us to contact us or just hit us up on the comments but you can email us at bhdpodcast at gmail.com and as always continue to rate and review us we're on all major platforms you can find us on iTunes specifically but everything else too youtube etc and as always continue to be 
the oppressor's worst fear. If you're interested in continuing this and other conversations, visit our website, blackandhollydangerous.com to subscribe to our email list, suggest topics, and participate in our discussion forums. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at BHD Podcast. And please don't forget to subscribe and rate our podcast on your favorite platform. And as always, continue to be the oppressor's worst fear.